You are listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hey guys, today I'm here with Danielle Hamo. She is a registered dietitian and nutritionist based between New York and London. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. I know. I'm so excited too, guys, to give you some backstory. Danielle and I have been following each other on Instagram for a while and I've been liking all of her stuff and I'm like, okay, she seems like she knows her shit. I need to get her on the podcast. So that's kind of how you asked me. I know. I'm really excited too. So let's just start off with your story, how you got into being a dietitian and nutritionist. Have you always been really interested in food and health? I want to kind of know from the beginning. Okay. So basically, I've always been like really good in the sciences. Um, and I originally studied to be a pharmacist, funny enough. Um, but as I got into it and like I realized what exactly it means to be a pharmacist, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is for me. Like I wanted something a little bit more entrepreneurial, something that more creative, like that I can do anything um, that I think. And I'd taken a nutrition class and I loved it. So then I kind of pivoted um, towards that. And I've been obsessed with the subject ever since. And I think, um, it's such an important, um, subject because it's gaining more and more popularity. People are really questioning what's good for their body. So I love that I'm in the space in this time. I think the dietitians today have a lot more influence than they did 20 years ago where they just worked in hospitals and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody is now interested in health because it's become such a bigger topic and yeah. we've all realized the importance of it. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. Dietitians used to just work in hospitals and with people that already had health issues. I feel like now this whole thing about prevent prevention yeah. and preventing disease and health issues, it's massive. Yeah, exactly. So I did work in hospitals for a few years because I thought, okay, this is going to be kind of good for me to get experience with all the different you know, diseases and stuff like that. But I always knew that long-term I wanted to be like in preventative um, nutrition rather than in a hospital setting. But I I am glad I did that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's such a cool experience. Yeah. That's so interesting. So t- let's talk about your health journey. I know we were chatting about this before recording, but just for the listeners, have you ever gone through any health issues? Did you ever struggle with weight? Um, or is this purely just because of your passion? Yeah. So I never really had an issue with weight. Like I know a lot of women that I speak to do, um, want to lose weight, gain weight, manage their weight. That's an issue that I personally didn't ever struggle with. Not to say that I'm perfect because I have other things that I deal with, but so, but I think it's kind of good because when I work with people, like I don't have the emotional connection that they do. So I can kind of step away from that and give them more of, um, a logical kind of way to look at it. 
about how they eat and stuff like that and how to look at it. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making That makes complete sense. Absolutely. I think the the separation of emotional and logical is really important when people are obviously trying to lose weight and stuff because weight loss is an emotional thing. It's not it's not just a physical thing. I think it's completely emotional. Like yeah. I've actually uh, I've lost a bit of weight the past like year and it was when I changed my mindset then it happened. Like it was it was just that really and then obviously I changed what was physically doing and eating, but that just completely first stems from your mindset. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's crazy because it's like years and years and years of like, I don't know if it's like media or what, but like all these things go into your mind for how you think about your body should look and how the food that you're eating. So I try to kind of get people to like take a step back from that and, you know, think about it from a positive place and be less hard of themselves. And I feel like the fact that I didn't have that I am not in that place, I can do that better for them. Mm, absolutely. Okay, so let's let's yeah. think about an example here. Like, if you have a client that comes in and she wants to lose weight, the last like ten or fifteen pounds, and she seems really obsessive um, about weight loss. Like, how do you kind of manage people's emotions towards weight loss? Um, and also, what kind of advice would you give them um, from a dietary standpoint? Well, if I ever think that like they need to work with someone else that I don't have what they need, I will always send them. Like I will never work with someone if I feel like really there is, maybe they need like to work with a psychiatrist or something like that. But usually um, most people I can work with, it's just, um, so I tell them like, even if you, cause I think on the way to your goal, there's always going to be little setbacks. And I think people can be very hard on themselves um, when they, they feel like they blow it. And for some reason, a big thing that I see is like, they'll throw away the, the rest of the day. They'll be like, okay, this day, day is done. But I try to get them to look at it. No, okay, maybe you ate one meal that you're not happy with. That happens. Like, that's life. Like, it's not always going to be 100%. That's just not how it is. And it's not a big deal. There's no reason to be hard on yourself. Just kind of realize, okay, I was craving something. No big deal. You know, I ate this and kind of move forward. And the rest of the day is definitely not ruined. Um, that is such a good point because I've come, I can relate to that. Like, you know, and I have friends, we talk about it. Like as women, we always talk about like, Oh, I've already messed up the day. So might as well just eat this, this, and this. And it just happens in your mind. Naturally. I think sometimes it's like, Oh, I've just had one cookie may as well eat the whole pack or whatever. (laughs) Why does that happen? It's like the obsessive mentality. Yeah, I know. And it's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's, we need to get away from thinking that way because if our body craves something and we gave into it, it's fine. It's totally fine. We have to stop being so hard on ourselves. And Mm -hmm. when we come at it from a positive angle, we're much more likely to reach our goals than if we're so hard on ourselves. Like, oh my God, I messed up. And then going completely off the rails, you know? Totally. I completely agree with that 100%. And just allowing yourself. And this is something I've been working on lately because I feel like I'm either all or nothing. And I've been really working on, you know, if I feel like having a little bit of something, like I'll just do it and not dwell over it. And I'm really trying to have a less like obsessive mentality towards uh, food and healthy lifestyle because it is pretty addictive when you feel so great from reaping the benefits and then you mess up and you're like, oh no, I have to get back on the bandwagon. And it's like the cycle, but I'm really yeah. trying to to use balance more for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. So thinking of it as a lifestyle and realizing that a lifestyle is not going to be a hundred percent perfection, um, but you know, you're a work in progress. You're on your way to where you want to be. And if you have a little misstep, really no big deal. And it's a lifestyle. That's why I don't like to think of things too much as like a hardcore diet, more of like a lifestyle. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's also why I don't really tell people to make huge changes in their diet that are only going to be temporary. I try to kind of mm-hmm. see what can we achieve together. Every person is different that um, you can kind of sustain long term because that I think is the key. Yeah. So you tell them to add more of this in and take more of that out and kind of just adjust that way. Yeah. Instead of like cutting out whole food groups, like mm -hmm. let's do less maybe to kind of go towards our goal because it's more of setting yourself up for success, if that makes sense. Absolutely. 100%. So what are some things that if, if, you know, you had a client that ate a pretty standard healthy diet, um, what are some things you'd recommend they, they start adding in? Obviously you love fiber and we have spoken about this. Um, fiber is obviously incredible for you and we all need more of it. What kind of, you know, sources of that and some other stuff that you'd recommend them adding in? So basically I did work for two years at F Factor in New York City. So I got um, a love for fiber there and I still have that love for fiber. Um, So fiber is an indigestible part of a carbohydrate. So there's no way to get fiber in your diet if you cut out all carbohydrates. So that's the reason why I do like people to include carbohydrates in their diet, but carbohydrates that are high in fiber. So I look at something called net carbs, which is basically if you subtract the fiber from the carbs, what's that number left? So you want a low number there, meaning that you want the most of the carbohydrates to come from fiber. So for example, raspberries, one cup of raspberries has eight, between seven and eight grams of fiber. So that's a good source of fiber for you. And it only has 15 grams of carbs. I don't know if, am I getting too complex here? No, I love this. Keep it going. I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. So on the other hand, though, oatmeal, which a lot of people think, oh, it's higher fiber, let me eat a lot of oatmeal. Really, one serving of oatmeal, a third of a cup, has 15 grams of carbs that we just mentioned, but only three grams of fiber. So really, that's not such a good place. That's not a good breakfast option, in my opinion, that will be high in fiber, yet lower in net carbs. Yeah, so totally. I like raspberries a lot. The fruits that I like is raspberries, blueberries, um, blackberries. Those are going to be the best options of fiber for you. And then also non-starchy vegetables. I love non-starchy vegetables and I count them as a free food. Um, Artichokes, uh, asparagus, broccoli, cauliflower, beets even. Even though people think beets are higher in carbs and they are higher in carbs than, let's say, a cucumber, um, I'm still okay with people eating them because I think like the problem, I mean, I know in America... Two-thirds of Americans are overweight, but not because they're eating too many carrots or beets, for example. That's not the issue. Totally. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't limit people on any type of non-starchy vegetable. That's incredible. And I, again, completely stand by that. Like, that's what I do. And and I eat all my fiber from whole, uh, you know, foods that come from the earth. And, you yeah. know, you don't need to be eating high fiber cereal to get your fiber. And some people think that the only way to get fiber is to eat like fiber one cereal. And it's not, it's in all fruits and veg. Yeah. And uh, it's great that berries have so much fiber because they're also kind of low on the GI index, right? Yeah. And they're a bit lower in sugar and they, they really are incredible. I try to eat berries every other day at least. Yeah. And it's, they have so many health benefits past just their fiber that if you go and just find these high fiber products, you might miss out on if you're skipping them to, in order to have these like manufactured high fiber products. Mm-hmm. So you say that non-starchy veg are free food. What if uh, one of your clients was eating like 
a shit ton of them, like a lot, a lot, a lot of non-starchy veg. Would that be still okay? Like there's just no way to gain weight by eating too many vegetables, right? Um, No, yeah. I think vegetables are totally fine. I don't know how you can physically eat like so much. But yeah, if I saw them, like maybe if they may, if they ate like tons and tons of carrots, then maybe I would say, why don't we mix this up? Instead of just having carrots, mix this up with also like greens and stuff like that. Because the greens will have um, probably, well, not probably for sure, less carbs um, than carrots. I'll just have them mix it up. But as long as they're mixing it up in there, I, I've never seen like too many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if they're having for stomach sure. upsets, I might tell them, okay, don't have them raw or avoid these certain kinds. But yeah, no, I've never had to limit somebody on vegetable intake. I, that's like how I bulk up when I eat out and stuff like that. I always try to get veggies to bulk up my meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about eating out. What are some of your top eating out tips? Because I've seen on your Instagram that you definitely have a social life. You go out and like, how do you stay healthy while doing that? Yeah. So I, I think I eat out a lot. Um, and I would never ask somebody to not eat out in order to lose weight. I would never tell any of my clients that because I think it's important to keep your life because if the second you try to stay home, to like stay healthy, that's temporary because life is about like being out with your friends and stuff like that. And you're definitely always going to eat out. So when I eat out, I do concentrate on, um, non-starchy veggies and proteins, uh, because you don't know like how they're cooking things, like what's in stuff. So I try to concentrate on non-starchy veg and proteins, um, at home. Like we talked about this before at home, I will have healthy fats and other stuff, but out, I kind of try to stick to proteins and veggies to assure that there's not like all these stuff in there that I'm not aware of. Like in order to make things taste good, they'll put like a whole stick of butter and you have no idea that it's in there when you eat out. Yeah. And like sugar in the fatty sauces and the worst isn't, you know what I actually learned the other day is uh, when you eat like sugar or carbs with protein, it actually is like way worse for your body. If you were just to eat um, either of them separately, is that true? Like the food combination is not something that I'm like really well versed in. So I don't want to talk about it too much. Okay. Um, I, I have like heard people talking about um, food combining. So they won't eat certain foods with other foods. I don't know. I don't know. Like as dietitians, we're supposed to go with, um, with science-based, like anything backed by science. I'm not sure if there is on that. And I will definitely like look into that more and get back to you. But I don't want to like say anything without being 100% sure about it. Totally respect that. Don't you worry. Yeah. So what about, okay, so what about you're out for dinner and there isn't really much on the menu that you can have? Like, will you always just ask uh, for them to adjust something? Because I'm that kind of person, but I feel like when I'm out with friends, they're like, oh, Mimi, you know? Yeah, I will ask for stuff that's not on the menu for sure. I really don't think it's such a big deal. And like, I've never had an issue of people telling me, of a restaurant telling me they can't do it. Um, I think that like in America, everybody asks, nobody cares. I think here they're a little bit more shy in London. Like that's where I'm right now. Um, but yeah, if you, if I don't see it exactly, I'll be like, can you just make me like a grilled piece of like salmon or, or branzino or chicken? Like, and they will, cause it's the easiest thing for them. So I wouldn't be scared about asking for something a certain way, a hundred percent. Yeah. And even totally. also for dessert, it's a big thing. I always ask them because I don't want like a whole dessert for myself. Um, but I want, like, if I have a, like, I have an urge for something sweet, I'll just ask them, do you guys just have like a piece of dark chocolate or something back then, back there? And usually they'll like find something for me. So I can just have a bite of something sweet without having to eat like a whole entire dessert. 
Yeah, for sure. I also feel like when you go out for dinner and you just get a dessert, you just it, the portions are ridiculous. It's like another meal in a sugary form, you know. Yeah. So I think like sharing as well. And I'm actually lucky. My when I go out for dinner with my boyfriend, he has like no sweet tooth whatsoever. So we just naturally don't order dessert, which has been great because previously, like, or if I go out with friends and they they get dessert, I'm always like, okay, give me a bite. You know, yeah. if something is in front of you, you're definitely more likely to eat it. Like. Brian Wansink, um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he did a bunch of these kind of studies about how the environment like affects the way we eat. So if something is in front of you, you'll eat it. So I'll either order it when like all the people at the table want to share the dessert. And then I know that like naturally I'll only have a few bites because they're also eating or I'll ask for something really small. But otherwise, yeah, if it's in front of you, a whole entire cake and nobody's eating it, you're, you're more likely to like just like go for it. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, that's kind of like the theory of you're an average of the five people that you hang out with. It's like you're an average of your surroundings. And naturally, as human beings, we just adjust and, uh, you know, match a certain standard of the environment that we're in. So that you even notice if, if you kind of study uh, friendship circles, if one person in the friendship circle is a bit bigger and doesn't really go to the gym and doesn't eat really well, like their, their group, their crew might kind of have the same, um, you know, physical body build and they probably don't eat the, you know, the healthiest as well. And when you see a group of friends that, you know, works out a lot, they, they do gym classes together, they eat healthy together and they're on that health train. They're all more likely to, you know, be healthier and look, uh, you know, more tight toned because they work out together. It's like just completely an environmental thing. Yeah, no, I've been seeing that. And it's so interesting what you just said. But yeah, it, when I work with people and they tell me, oh, like their friends are this way or that way, and sometimes it can like work against them. I tell them like, you try to be the person that like moves the whole group towards your way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know it's a big thing for me that my friends always motivate me to be healthy and work out. So it can work against you or for you, but hopefully you use it to work for you that your friends will motivate you to do better instead of worse. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I always talk about this on my podcast or, you know, anything I really talk about personal growth wise is that like you are literally an average of the people that you surround yourself with most. And that's just, it naturally happens. So So definitely make sure if you want to be healthy, like start like hanging out or just like promoting healthiness in your friend group. So that's been a big one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And when I hang out, like I I have like one friend that she lives, um, like we're not always in the same city, but whenever she is, I'm like the healthiest I am because I like work out with her. We wake up early. Like we have this whole healthy day and I feel so much better. So I know that a hundred percent, like the people that you hang out with definitely um, influence kind of your whole entire life. (laughs) Yeah, literally your whole life. Yeah. Okay. So what else? Uh, Okay. So if you had that client that we were talking about before come in and we talked about what you'd uh, promote them adding in. So more fiber, more veggies, more protein, what would you recommend they start taking out? So what are some of the worst foods for weight loss? So yeah, there's a big difference between healthy and healthy for weight loss. And that's something that like, um, I want people to know because there's a lot of like, I can't say this, but like, quote unquote, like healthy foods. But if you eat too many of them, you might not reach like your weight loss goals. So like, I'll see people who eat like tons and tons of granola. And even though like granola can be a healthy food because of the portions that they're eating, they might not reach the goals that they want. 
Yeah, or like nuts, like a ton of nuts. Yeah, exactly. So like even though I like I think fats are super important and they can be satiating, fiber is a huge thing that's satiating and so is fat. Um, there is portions for it. So like if you take a whole tub of peanuts, like, you know, eating out of the tub, like you're probably going to eat more than you need for weight loss. So even though it, like it has healthy fats, like you ate too much of it. So that's why I always tell people to pre-portion. So like never eat out of tubs, like pre-portion their nuts, pre-portion ice cream, anything and eat it like in the kitchen away from like, I would like a lot of people will like sit with like a bag of nuts in the kitchen and just like eat, eat, eat. And that's like mindless eating. So pre-portion it, take it away, sit down and eat it that way. Um, dairy, I do try to lower. I love cheese. Like I really do love cheese so much and it gives me so much joy. So I don't cut it out of my diet, but I do recognize that it can be very inflammatory on the body. And most of the diseases um, originate in inflammation, like cancer, heart disease, all these things originate in inflammation. So I do try to lower it. So it doesn't mean no dairy. I like Greek yogurt, for example, because it's high in, um, high in probiotics and protein, but I do lower it. So I won't have milk. And I try to see in people's um, diets like one serving of dairy a day or less. If I see them eating dairy, like at every meal, I'll be like, listen, let's kind of like take this down. And also that when they eat a little bit less dairy, like I do see more weight loss for them, funny enough. I don't know. No way. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I love cheese too. And I'm really trying to limit it lately because it's like, it's fully addictive. Cheese yeah. actually has addictive <laughs> qualities to it. So um, I never ask someone to not eat cheese because like, I don't think you should like, life is also about like fun, eating the foods that you love, they give you joy. So I'm not going to tell you not to eat cheese. I'm certainly not going to stop eating cheese, but I try to lower it. And every time I eat cheese, it's good, yummy cheese. I'm not, I don't waste like cheese on like something gross, like some cheap cheese, if that makes sense. Totally. Quality cheese yeah. just tastes so much better. Yeah. So I like wait and have like really yummy, good cheese. And that's why I also, if I do protein powders, I try to do vegan ones because you don't taste the dairy in it anyway. So I'm, you might as well just use a vegan one to lower the amount of dairy that you eat. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And whey powder is just a bit more gross in my eyes. I think, yeah. you know, hemp protein or something is way Yeah, better. I use like pea or hemp. Whey yeah. like does have good absorbency, but because, you know, of the anti-inflammatory thing, which I think is so important, I, I do personally either hemp or pea or something like that. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's great tips. Uh, so a bit oh, less. Sorry. Another yeah? thing is drinking lots and lots of water. That's like so important. Mm-hmm. Like three liters of water a day is a big thing for me. Um, cause the same, a lot of the same, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Symptoms for like hunger and thirst are the same. So if you make sure you're well hydrated, uh, you make sure that you're not eating because you're thirsty. If that makes sense. So three totally. liters of water a day and then eight hours of sleep is super important as well. Like studies show that people that don't get enough sleep, like their risk for diabetes goes up and they're less um, sensitive to insulin. So it actually causes weight gain uh, indirectly, not getting enough sleep. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. So how much sleep should we be getting a night? Like the eight hours is good. I mean, if it's seven, it's also okay. But, Seven to eight hours, yeah. Yeah, like people, like if you get like five or you know or less, that's probably not great. Yeah, um, definitely. I can't even function on like less than seven. <laughs> yeah, so it's something that people can do to help them reach their goals. That is pretty easy. Sleep more. Yeah. Yeah. Literally sleep more. That's amazing. Yeah. So I want to go back to what you just said before. Um, 
being healthy is different to, to being healthy to lose weight. And I really, really have realized that over the past few months because I lost, like I said before, I lost a bit of weight last year and, um, you know, I was working really hard towards it. And then I've just like maintained that weight for like eight months. And then the past two months, I have been on a mission to actually finally uh, step into that body I've always really, really wanted to uh, have. And, and it was like a, a personal kind of goal of mine. And I had to eat a little bit differently because for so long, like I was eating so healthy and I was like, oh, like, why am I just maintaining? But it was because my portions were just way too big and I was full after every single meal. And let's talk about that because I think a lot of people struggle and feel like distressed when it's like, oh, I've been been so healthy. I've been working so hard to be healthy, but I'm, I'm not losing weight. Yeah. So portion control is a huge thing. Unfortunately, like I would never count on working out to undo anything that you eat. So I love exercise and I big proponent of it, but um you need you shouldn't ever be like okay, I'll just work this out in the gym. It doesn't work that way because you eat very quickly, you burn calories at the gym very slowly. So you need to kind of pay attention to the serving sizes that you're eating um and never think that the gym is going to undo any of it. Um, so fat, for example, we talked about it a little bit. So fat is great, obviously. Um, but it has nine calories per gram as opposed to carbs and protein, which each have four. So what it means is that a smaller portion has a lot more calories. So you can overdo it very quickly. For example, with, with fats, like we said, they're eating lots of peanuts and stuff like that. So it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have, you should have at every single meal, but this is something that paying attention to portion sizes can help you go from maintaining to your weight to losing weight. Um, yeah. So nuts is a big one that I watch the portions. Granola is a huge one also because there's a lot of nuts in it and it, they're usually top it with oil. So it is super high in calories. So you want to kind of watch portions with that. Avocados. I love avocados and I know you love avocados too. Um, for weight loss, I would stick to like a half. I wouldn't have a whole avocado at once if I if you are trying to lose weight. Yeah, I completely agree with that because a whole avocado is what like three hundred and fifty yeah. calories or something. Yeah. And it sucks. And I don't want people to think that it is solely calories in, calories out, because it is also with the quality of food you're eating. 100%. But it is also yeah. calories in, calories out to an extent. Yeah. And you know, and I like how what you said there, it's like you can't be um, you know, trying to lose weight with the mentality, oh, if I eat more, I'll just work out more. It, that doesn't, you know, it's for me personally, in my mind, it's like 90% what you eat. And yeah, then like that's, the 10% that's how is I agree. at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Like the gym has so many health benefits you should go to, but it should never be because you want to burn something off. Because for once, you're going to dread your whole time at the gym if you're going with that mentality of trying to burn the calories. And then, yeah, what you eat is 90% of it. Exercise, it's going to give you like endorphins. It's toning exactly but i don't count on it for burning calories um and yeah so one avocado is like 300 and something calories also one tablespoon of olive oil is 130 calories um while a whole cup of broccoli is like less than 30 so you can really easily overdo it with with um drizzling here there and everywhere so yeah, yeah you do have so i don't count calories i definitely don't that's what i don't want people to understand but i am aware of like the calorie contents of food just to kind of in the back of my head to see how they play into things. Cause you do need to create a calorie deficit um, for losing yeah, weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So totally. portion control is a huge one. Proteins uh, for women. I try to stick to three to four ounces of protein. I watched your video and you said like the palm of your hand, that's exactly like what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So at restaurants, it's usually going to be double. So I eat like I share with someone a main dish or I eat half of it. Or I use an appetizer protein, like a tuna tartare or something as my protein. Yeah, totally. Um, so and Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's totally fine. And um, so what's the crazy – I want to really see or hear about the craziest transformation that you've seen one of your clients go through. I love transformations. I'm like obsessed with, with seeing before and afters and hearing about before and afters. What's like the best transformation that you've ever seen? Um, so I actually work with both men and women. Um, I had this w- one, um, guy that he actually still messages me. Like we don't work on a together like weekly anymore. Um, uh, but he still messages me and I think he's like 80 pounds down or something. And he always tells oh me, he's God. like, thank you. You're the one that like got my head screwed on straight. And he still keeps messaging me as he loses weight. And it makes me so happy. Um, oh my God, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, when he came, he was like such a skeptic. He didn't even know if he wanted to work with me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm working so hard, like trying to get this guy to understand this is what he should do. But like I changed his mindset and like his wife like always messages me and stuff as well. And like actually when they came to London, like they took me out to dinner and like I love seeing that. Like it makes me so happy. Um, I yeah, I get like very invested now. with my clients. Like I love to see them reach their goals. That's like the most important thing to me. That's why I work like closely with them. And if this doesn't work, we'll change something like them losing weight or reaching whatever health goal that they want. That's like why I do this, you know? Hundred mm-hmm, percent. That's amazing. Yeah, that is such a nice feeling that you literally can change lives. Yeah. No. Like not even now when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Yeah, you literally changed a life. Like, you know, people that are unhealthy and overweight do not live the same quality of of life as people that feel really great and strong and capable of doing anything in their bodies. It's not, you know what, like I've come to realize it's not even just about looking hot and fit and toned for like good photos on Instagram. Like it's really not about that. It's the more I'm interested in health, the more I learn about health, the more I become healthier myself. I realize that it's actually way more than that. It is the disease preventing. Okay. It is the living a long, full life. It is the not having headaches, joint pain, uh, infections, being sick. Like it's really just health as a whole, you feel unstoppable as a human being. And for me, that's what's kept me, you know, going for so long because I I physically feel freaking incredible. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that you have to keep in mind that health and how you feel is the most important part. And that's how you avoid doing these unhealthy diets out there that maybe you will lose weight, but are you actually healthy overall? Um, and that's the main thing, like people can kind of answer themselves. They know when they're doing a diet that probably isn't healthy overall. Um, but I want them to keep in mind that overall health is the most important thing, um, more than what you look like. You also want to feel great. Exactly. And you want to lower your risk for cancers and heart disease and all these different things and diabetes. And that's the number one thing. Um, and no matter what along the way, always like being thankful for your body, because just being able to get up in the morning and like take your dog for a walk, like that's not like a given, um, So I always try to be like super thankful for my body, no matter where you want to go, like being thankful for your body where it is now and the fact that it works for you every single day. Um, And this kind of mindset is really good to have on your journey. So Mm -hmm. you have like a positive journey. I don't, I don't, because there can be a lot of negative mindsets with dieting and I definitely don't like that. You can't hate your body or what is it? You can't hate yourself to a body you love. That's a quote. Yeah. (laughs) 
And it's so true. And, you know, funny enough, the more positive I've been with my journey, because I'm literally almost where I want to be. Like I've gone through such a long journey and I'm so close to where I want to be and I feel freaking amazing. And I've noticed that like the, the, you know, healthier I become and the more, um, you know, happy and positive I am about how I feel and how I look. It's like the less I think about food and weight loss and all that stuff. It's like, it's really just, it opens up this veil because for so long, for like eight years, I was like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. It was just for like so long. I was like, and since I was like 13 years old, like I was never big. I just like had like five pounds that I wanted to lose, you know? And it was always that. And then when I stopped obsessing over it and I actually started doing it for the right reasons, not just to look good, but also to feel like I'm thriving and to produce more and to, um, you know, even work better and think clearer. My mental strength is a massive thing. Yeah. And then I've actually started, it's been, been so much easier. Like I really don't even think about it and I don't fight with myself about, oh, if, if I should eat something or not, I just naturally know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing, listening to our bodies. And I think it's super it's become kind of hard with everything out there to just like tune into your own body. But that's a big thing. Like I try to keep my body between like, you're not starving. Like think of like from one to 10. So like 10, you're absolutely stuffed. You can't move like on Thanksgiving. And then Mm -hmm. like one is like, you're dying, you're starving. You also are like, if you don't need something, you're going to collapse. So I try to stay in that middle zone of like four to six, I guess where you are comfortable. And that's, um, something that you have to listen to your body because when you get used to feeling this way, being in the middle, you're never sluggish. You're not so full that like, Oh my God, you have to go home and you're never starving where you're like shaking. And then you'll just choose anything instead of choosing the right thing. So trying to keep your body in that middle stage, um, is a really good, uh, tip, but you have to kind of tune into your body and listen to it and see how you feel. But once you get used to it, you just kind of naturally stay there and it comes a lot more natural, um, than having to think about it 24 seven. I absolutely love that. That is so true. And that's such a great place to be. We our bodies aren't equipped to to handle overeating. Our bodies are better equipped for periods of fasting than it is for uh, you know, yeah. overeating and feeling stuffed. Like it's really we eat way too much as a culture. As yeah. human beings, we do not need that much food. We need food and we need good quality food, but we don't need to be stuffing ourselves three meals a day. It's not healthy. Yeah. We yeah, everything is tied to food food these days, like literally every celebration. So we're kind of out of whack in the moment uh, without listening to our own bodies. But yeah, if you try to listen to your own body um, and find a place where you're, you know, feeling good all the time and just then you naturally want to stay there. I know that I feel like hell when I eat at like McDonald's, not to say that I never do. Sometimes I do. And then I feel like crap. And then I remind myself, this is what I don't eat here every single day. Mm Um, exactly. Literally, that's what happens with me and drinking. I'm not a good drinker. And every time I'll have like a few drinks the next morning, I'm like, yep, that is why I do not drink. <laughs> but yeah, that's another story for me. The older I get, like, I'm, yeah, I don't tolerate that as well anymore. But um, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Danielle. I've had such a nice conversation with you. I like the way that you approach uh, health and fitness and weight loss and lifestyle because it's very logical and it it just makes sense and it's real and it brings everything back to the basics. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing all of your info. Where can our listeners find you? So on Instagram, um, it's Danielle Hamo R D. And Danielle Hamo's H-A-M-O-R-D. Um, I love uh, 
when people ask me questions, so you can always DM me and I'll answer you. I hope that I gave like tips that are useful to people. Uh, but I know we get like sidetracked into conversations. So if there's anything I didn't answer, like I love answering people. Um, so they can just DM me and I'll get back to them for sure. Thank you so much. That is Thank so you. nice of you. Guys, go check her out on Instagram. She's amazing and always posts such great tips and like comparisons and stuff. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks so much. Bye.